It is Virginia week here on Lockdown Syracuse. We'll tell you all about how the Cavaliers might stink. It's on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Our Lockdown Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine here with you on your Wednesday episode, Hump Day. Thanks for making Lockdown your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. To be clear, uh, despite what I said before the Open and despite their record, I don't think Virginia stinks, but their record sure does suggest otherwise. Uh, we will get into that. But first, just want to thank you for everybody who's been giving us support up to over 730 subscribers on YouTube. Exciting for us. Uh, also, the Twitter game has been good, up to 1,855 followers on Twitter. If you want to get to that Twitter, uh, and give us a follow, at LO underscore Syracuse on the Bird app. Uh, if you want to talk to us, share your opinions, whatnot, get in the conversation, email us at LOSyracuse44 at gmail.com or just Shoot us something on Twitter. We will uh, we'll definitely respond. Okay, uh, let's talk Virginia, man. This is a team that Syracuse has an interesting relationship with this year because Jason Beck and Robert and I jumped ship to come to the land of salt, the Salt City. Uh, they were with the Cavaliers last season. They kind of brought Brennan Armstrong into the limelight, made him what he is. He's four touchdowns away from breaking Matt Schaub's record at Virginia uh, in terms of throwing or passing touchdowns. He's a really good quarterback who struggled a little bit to begin the year. Maybe that's because he lost his two coaches, maybe not. But regardless, Syracuse's relationship with Virginia uh, this season and especially this week is going to be interesting. You're probably going to see some hugs on the sideline, uh, handshakes pregame, whatnot. Somebody also asked Babers in his uh, weekly press, com press conference this week, if I think it was Stephen Bailey, our friend of the pod, asked if uh, Beck and Anai have been having a bit of a different role in practice, have they been talking to the defense? Because they know the Cavaliers inside and out. Like, what's the story been there? Babers was not specific about it, but he said, you know, those guys work for Syracuse University and they're going to do whatever they can to help Syracuse University win football games. So if you ask me, I think that's a yes. I think Robert and I and Jason Beck are like, all right, this is what Brennan Armstrong's going to do. Here's what you have to do. I can't confirm that, of course, but it only makes sense. Uh, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about where they've been so far this year. They're two and one on the year. Uh, so they haven't don't have a, a brutal record, but they haven't played anybody. Uh, week one, Richmond, which is a non-major conference FCS school, uh, they won 34-17, so not exactly Richmond. a blowout. Uh, week two, they faced the fighting Tommy DeVitos in the fighting Illini uh, at Illinois. They didn't even put a touchdown on the board. They lost that game 24-3. And then last week, back at home against Old Dominion, 16-14, they barely get the victory. So not exactly menacing stuff on the schedule. Are you afraid, Owen? Not even a little. 
I won't lie. Yeah, no, I, no. I, I don't think I am sold on Virginia at all. I've looked at their stuff all of today, uh, a little bit yesterday as well. I, I don't see, and maybe this is me being blindsided by a 3-0 and record, I don't see how Virginia can come into the Dome and win this football game, and I really mean that. Uh, this was sort of your – you had this confidence with Purdue last week, and I'm not saying you think Virginia is going to come in uh, and win this football game, but I, I really – I'm looking at this team and how they're playing right now, and I do not see how Virginia wins this football game. And I, I, I watch what they've done in the last two weeks. Their offense – isn't doing much if anything they've got a lot of question marks uh brennan armstrong does not look like the same quarterback he was last season uh maybe that's a nod to to Beckin and i but i don't know uh this is a game that i think syracuse can make a statement in uh and realistically i think they have a good chance to stomp a virginia team uh and really prove to the country honestly that hey this is a team that that's that's here and they're not in the undefeated column as a fluke right now uh maybe that's a nod to the schedule maybe that's a nod to virginia and this not being a great team but i look at they scored one touchdown against old dominion who's not great by any means i mean they had i believe it was seven red zone visits against old dominion they fumbled twice they got four field goals and one touchdown that's terrible, terrible efficiency. And Syracuse's red zone defense has been outstanding this season. This is a team that has put up 19 points in its combined last two games with one touchdown. The only two touchdowns they've scored this season, or the only touchdowns they've scored uh, this season outside of that are against a Richmond team that really doesn't say anything. This offense has been miserable since uh, Anaya and Beck have left, and I think this is – time that Syracuse is going to be the beneficiaries of being able to exploit that. It definitely looks like that. Uh, and a new head coach at the helm for the Cavs, Tony Elliott, with his first ever head coaching job in Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall gone from the program after being there since 2016, similar to uh, Dino Babers, except Babers outlasted him. Um, Elliott takes over a program that went 6-6 six and six last year uh, in a year where it looked like they had some huge bright spots. Uh, obviously, six losses couldn't have been all good, and they didn't even get a bowl game. Um, but, I mean, like you said, Brennan Armstrong has not looked the same this year, uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that later. But it you have to think, right, that, I mean, the, the two things, they're not good this year so far, and Syracuse's offense has been different. You have to think that Robert and I and Jason Beck – have made a huge difference uh, to yeah. both where Virginia was compared to where it's fallen and where Syracuse was compared to where it's risen. Uh, so those guys deserve a lot of credit for what they do. Uh, and we already knew that. So, and I think you're right, by the way, and that, that this could definitely be a statement win. We'll obviously get into that a little bit more later this week when we do our predictions and whatnot, but Syracuse has an or opportunity to um, make uh, to, to put the, the world on notice. They're on Friday night. Everyone's going to be watching, and hopefully they pack the dome. I'm looking for, a, like you said before, yesterday, I'm looking for a four to begin that number. Um, but yeah. we will talk about the Cavaliers' weapons a little bit more after this 
break where I tell you about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We're talking Virginia here on your Wednesday episode. Matt Bonaparte with Owen Valentine. Uh, let's start with Brandon Armstrong. Last year, Armstrong, a lefty, by the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, Southpaw, very interesting. I always love watching the ball come out of a lefty's hand. Uh, he had a really, really good year in his junior year last year, his redshirt junior year. He was fantastic. Uh, threw for 4,449 yards, 31 touchdowns, just 10 interceptions, 65 completion percentage. He was great. Yeah. Also ran for 250 yards, uh, which isn't much compared to what he did in 2020, 550 yards, and he already has 150 on the year this year. But this year through the air, he hasn't been all that. Uh, completion percentage down near 50%. He only has two touchdowns through three games, three picks through three games. He hasn't looked like the same quarterback, and you have to think it's because of those coaches. What do you think of him? You know, I don't want to come out and say that he he's not a good quarterback by any means because I, I still think he is a good quarterback. And when all said and done, he's fourth in the ACC in passing yards this year. But this is definitely a regression in the first three weeks from what we saw out of him last season. Uh, and I, I do think that has a ton to do with the new offensive system, the new offensive coordinators, right? You had a system that worked and worked really well. Um, and that was ripped out from underneath you if you're Brennan Armstrong and now you're you're sort of trying to make a new system and a new a new squad work. Yes, the pieces, a lot of them are the same and there's a lot of overlap with the pieces, but uh, you're putting together, I guess a different puzzle with the same pieces here and it might take a little bit of reshaping to be able to pull that off. And so far it's been a more difficult endeavor for him. He still can torch you right? He still can exploit you and he has the capabilities of doing so. He is not to be taken lightly, but he definitely through three weeks has not looked as good as he did last season. And I think that comes to Syracuse's advantage. You mentioned two touchdowns to three interceptions so far this year. Um, he has not thrown a touchdown this season outside of the game against or Richmond. So it's been two weeks since he's thrown a passing touchdown, I believe is the case right now. Uh, which is not what you want to see if you're Virginia uh, with a guy who threw for, you know, damn near 4,500 yards and 30 scores last year. Uh, he was throwing two, three touchdowns a game, you know, at will last season. And he has been struggling to find the end zone this year. Uh, as I said, they've struggled in the red zone and the, I guess, ability to execute 
is going to be something of concern. And I think execution comes down to a lot of it being that new scheme. So I think he is not someone that you can overlook by any means. But right now, Syracuse, you know, I will take 2022 Brennan Armstrong to play against uh, 100% of the time against 2021 Brennan Armstrong right now. Yeah, and I thought this guy, when I saw him at the ECC kickoff, I thought he was going to be really good and have a really good season uh, this year in his redshirt senior year. But, hey, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. Like you mentioned, nearly he had almost 4,500 yards through the air last year, and he looks like a shell of his former self. So, I mean, I hope he plays better, just not this week. (laughs) Um, All right, let's talk about the other weapons on this offense because it gets a little bit interesting uh, when you get into the nitty-gritty of things. Of course, Keaton Thompson is another Love name him. that I think he's probably the second most notable name, if not the most notable name, uh, or at least uh, well-known name on this team. He's played a quarterback-slash-wide receiver position uh, for a while now. They've they've done interesting things with him and, and played different roles. Uh, he's kind of, this year at least, 18 receptions, 235 yards, hasn't caught a touchdown. It's kind of hard to when your quarterback only throws three um, or two. Two. But, yeah. But Keaton's a really good player. In the in this week's press conference, somebody asked, uh, what is the story with Keaton? How are you guys going to plan against him? Like, what do you think about Keaton Thompson? And Dino was like, we just don't have a guy that can jump with him. Like, he's a freak athlete. And he is. Like, the guy is 6'4". He's huge, and he runs like the wind, like – he's a hard guy to defend against. And it kind of makes you think, why are they having so many offensive troubles when they have a weapon like that? But maybe it's easy to key in on a guy like that when you don't have an offensive guru like an eye with you. Uh, but Keaton Thompson's an awesome player. 100%. I, and if you remember, you know, Keaton Thompson was sort of the guy that we comped around a Gadsden to when you saw that yeah. he was going to be in that sort of flex tight end role. Uh, at least when, you know, he was at Virginia with an eye, he was, you know, in that you don't know what he's going to do sort of role. He can line up anywhere. Uh, he can line up in the backfield, out wide, in the slot, as a true tight end, wherever. Uh, he really can do it all, and that is a nod to, as, you know, Coach Baber said, that athleticism, that ability to get up, uh, his ability to get open. He's a tough matchup. Uh, I am curious to see how, you know, Garrett Williams – I guess I'm going to say recovers, but from a really difficult matchup last week into what's in theory going to be another possible difficult matchup for him to uh, this coming That's week. That's what he wants, If man. he does, I mean, yeah, if he does match up with Keaton Thompson. Uh, but this receiving court is not just Thompson, I'm going to say at this point, uh, which is also weird to say as we just talked about their passing struggles, but it is – They've got three guys that are in the top 16 in the ACC in terms of receiving yards, in terms of Thompson, Dontavion Wicks, and then Lavelle Davis Jr. is averaging 25 yards per catch so far this season. He's got eight catches for 203 yards. So he has sort of been that, I guess, that bigger play kind of guy that can break free. You might forget about him sort of deal if your focus is on Keaton Thompson. Uh, So those three guys have sort of been – the air raid, I guess, for Virginia when things are working through the air. So that's sort of that trio that you have to look out for. Uh, Lavelle Davis has the touchdown, and then Paris Jones has the other receiving touchdown uh, as your, you know, your sort of lead back. But this is a team that has struggled through the air, despite the fact that 
you know, the two players we've talked about so far in terms of key players are their starting quarterback and their wide receiver one. Yeah. So like you said, they got pretty much three main receivers, uh, three guys that they're throwing to. Interesting, I think, that Lavelle Davis hasn't caught the ball so many times. But like you said, the guy's got two inch or three yards, nearly the most yeah. on the team. Every time he catches a ball, it's a huge play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's something you definitely have to look out for. Uh, but let's look at the running game a little bit. You mentioned him. Paris Jones is the lead back for Virginia. 5'8", 180 pounds. He played corner last year. What? Now he's getting his <laughs> shot uh, as the lead back. I, I mean, it, this is going to be very interesting. Tomorrow, we should have an interview with uh, somebody who knows Virginia a lot more than we do, and you best believe I'll be asking about Paris Jones having played corner last year. But for now, oh, yeah. all I can do is marvel. He has caught a touchdown, like you said. He's rushed for a touchdown, so he's played pretty good football so far this season. But very interesting. But he's not the only guy that they have in that backfield. No, they, and it's a, a recent name, I guess, because it's not someone that, you know, through the first two weeks you really expected uh, to jump onto the scene, I guess, and be in this running back conversation. But true freshman Xavier Brown, they give nine carries last week. He rushes for 88 yards, over almost nine yards a carry last week, including I believe it was uh, a breakout for about 38 yards. So this is a guy that you they weren't really, I don't think anyone was really expecting to, to be all too much of a contributor, but it's just maximized the opportunity last week against Old Dominion and uh, has really inserted himself into this Virginia running game when, as we were talking about before we we jumped on today, this Virginia running game is something that we weren't really expecting this year, given the fact that, you know, you have a Brennan Armstrong and a Keaton Thompson that you are really focused on, but the running game has sort of been the success of this offense so far this season for uh, for the Cavs. Yeah, absolutely. And Armstrong also has contributed yeah, 150 100%. yards from him, a touchdown as well on the ground. So he hasn't been useless, uh, despite his air stats not really being there. Uh, so he's contributed on the ground like those other guys. He's actually run the ball second most on the team. Paris Jones has taken the ball 37 times, Armstrong 35. So the offense has been a little bit split between uh, Armstrong throwing it and, and running it. He's kind of been... Wherever the ball is, a lot of the times it's, it's him either throwing it or running it, uh, which is similar yeah. to what Syracuse has been, uh, although I'd probably say Syracuse is even closer to 50-50 than that. All right, yeah, we I, will I, take – Oh, go ahead. Give sure. me one more second here. Yeah, I just – and this is a, you know, a stat that is sort of you know showing that, I guess, so far this season in terms of the increased run game. Virginia is only averaging about 40 yards more through the air per game than they are on the ground which is not something that I think we we expected out of a Virginia team. I know Coach Elliott was saying going into the season that this was going to be a focus and they wanted to improve the run game this year, but I don't really think anyone truly expected, uh, or maybe that's just me speaking for myself, You know, the run to be as big a focus of this Virginia offense as it has been through three games so far this season. So – if Syracuse, and I, I look back to last week uh, against Purdue, I thought they did a, a solid job defending the run last year or last week. Uh, they were burnt a few times through the air, and obviously, you know, Purdue got their fill through the air. 
Uh, this might be a game where Virginia's best chance to win is going to be to switch it up a little bit and go back to sort of that air-focused attack that they were used to last year with Robert and I. Yeah, and Syracuse definitely going to be the biggest test they've seen this year. So maybe you're right. They're going to have to switch it up to see if they have a chance because whatever they're doing right now is not working. Um, okay, let me take a quick break, and then we'll talk a little bit about Syracuse going into this one as well. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's college and NFL games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. To learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. All righty. Wednesday episode rolls on. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you. Uh, let's talk about the biggest news in Syracuse football right now, and that is Isaiah Jones is out for the year. Uh, not something Maybe. Syracuse fans want to see. Maybe? There's an update? He said most likely the rest of the year. So maybe, All right, he's out I guess, if, uh, if Syracuse goes bowling... <laughs> There could be a return. I think he. I don't. I don't think we're going to see Isaiah Jones again. Um, it wasn't definitive. Was my only point. We can stay. It was definitive enough for me. Uh, <laughs> oh Isaiah God. Jones had caught the ball four times this year, sixty yards on the season. He had one catch against Louisville for twenty-five yards, one against Connecticut for twenty-three, two against Purdue for twelve yards, but a touchdown against the Boilermakers. Uh, so he was a. I thought he was a pretty good part of the offense, and, and having a guy like him. On the outside, who's 6'4", 205, regardless of how talented he is, I think was important. Uh, and they threw the ball to him a decent amount, despite him dropping it a couple times or just being uh, covered really well like he was against Purdue. I thought he was a talented player and a guy Syracuse pretty much valued as closely to uh, wide receiver two or even wide receiver one as anybody else on the team going into week three. So it, it's a blow. Definitely it hurts. Uh, to a team that has been hurt a couple times already this season. Uh, and when you think about the wide receiver one debate, or even if they're going to try and name a guy or at least define a guy on the field as wide receiver one, it, it the, the, you know, the surge kind of goes on where you don't really know what it's going to be. I think a lot of people thought Devon Cooper might be that guy because he came, uh, he came out against Louisville and was so good, but only one catch last week, for 11 yards against Purdue, uh, and then maybe it was Courtney Jackson, but he hasn't really been all that good. I think somebody swapped out his hands for bricks because he can't catch a dang thing. Uh, and then you have guys like Damian Alford, who I, I truly believe is if you I, – I think Damian Alford might have the most – he's got the best NFL body, 6'6", 215, and I don't know if he's the most talented, but I think he's up there. And I, I really like Alford, but he only has one catch this year, albeit a 47-yard touchdown that was a dot from Garrett Schrader at UConn, but still. So the wide receiver question marks continue to swirl, uh, and with Isaiah Jones out, nothing gets easier. No, and this is – I don't want to diminish the importance of Isaiah Jones, but this is recoverable, I will say. This is not – uh, you know, the end of your wide receiver room by any means. Is it nice to have, as you were saying, you know, that 6'4 option that, that can make a play on the outside 100%. 
Um, but you're going to have to adjust. Uh, I want to see Damian Alford rise to this occasion, sort of as you know, you lose one of your tall receivers uh, or your taller receivers, and maybe your tallest receiver can step up and and fill that space and sort of do a little bit more this year. It's still shocking to me just because, you know, obviously he's got the splash factor in terms of his one catch this year was a 47-yard touchdown, but he's only caught the ball once through three games. Uh, I want to talk quickly because you you mentioned it sort of on that wide receiver one concept. Um, I It's been pretty cool for me personally to see that through three games, I have sort of felt like, three different guys have been wide receiver one, uh, which I guess, you know, you, you go to the guy that's going to catch the ball. You go to the guy that's going to get open on that given day. But week one, I thought Devon Cooper was the guy week two against UConn. I thought Courtney Jackson put himself into that role uh, to possibly be that guy. And then week three against Purdue, Aronde Gadsden put himself into the position to be that guy. So all three weeks you've sort of had, a different guy step into that, you know, for 60 minutes, that wide receiver one role. Uh, this week, I think, you know, you're going to get your guy who jumps into a 2-1-1 advantage in theory, unless Damian Alford does something that, you know, I don't foresee him doing, but I would love to be surprised. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a telling week in that wide receiver room. Uh, is Gadsden that guy? Has this role finally sort of solidified itself for him uh, in this offense that you know what he's going to be able to do? And he's been open so consistently this year that maybe that's the natural answer. Uh, but there have been, as I said, a game from Devon Cooper where he could have been option one and a game from Courtney Jackson where I feel like he could have been option one. Uh, and then both of them have followed those games up with you know, some woes or some, I, I'm going to say regression. I don't mean it like that, but just not as good a performances as their, their bigger weeks. So this is, you know, not the end of the world that you lose Isaiah Jones. It hurts because of the question marks that are in this receiving room going into the season. And, you know, as you're saying, when you don't have a wide receiver one, and I just said, you're looking for anyone to step up. Uh, and Isaiah Jones was a guy that could step up in certain situations uh, and has stepped up a couple of times throughout the year so far. Uh, so it, it definitely hurts, but I think that this room can recover uh, moving forward throughout the season. Sure. Uh, and, and it's definitely a diverse room in, ter- in terms of talent. There are six different guys who have caught a touchdown on this team yeah. this season. Uh, we haven't even seen a ton from DeMarcus Adams, who's a guy who caught a touchdown this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think you're right about that and maybe once they get Trevor Pena back he's a little bit more involved in the offense and you're definitely right I think uh, they could definitely and we haven't even seen Amari Hatcher who is supposed to be yeah. a really good young player so maybe he gets into the fold at some point if injuries uh, swing that way but kind of hope they don't um, all right well that's all we got for today tomorrow we will have an interview for you with uh, the opposing sides beat reporters or at least one of them, <laughs> uh, and we'll get you some info, some more info on Virginia. So thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the Lockdown, or the local experts of Lockdown, take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen. That is Lockdown ACC. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.